Trick Avenue. And then we'll take it higher. Oh, we gonna rock down to Electric Avenue. And then we'll take it higher. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 40 of The Pawn. My name is Colton Pegna, and uh, Mike, we had a massive, massive week in the NHL. The trade deadline, one of the biggest weeks of the year, every single time. Um, and and I would say this this trade deadline at first was looking like it was not going to be all that great. And then, to be honest, right, right near the end, the 3 p.m. deadline, it certainly did not disappoint and uh yeah it was a, it was a good trade deadline but before we get into the trades i know that you were all over the masters like me and kurt were um oh, yeah, bud. what a weekend eh like oh just not not only for golf wise because it was it was great weather up here in ontario but oh man like just just a great a great tourney at augusta as per usual and um i don't know did you expect uh Matsuyama to to win or or did you have somebody uh, else? I obviously going in I didn't didn't think he was going to win and um yeah. Banger of a tournament. I mean, not probably not the most exciting Masters of all time. Just uh over the yeah. weekend Matsuyama kind of took control and just ran away with it, but yeah. uh dude, like such a fun fun tournament from the perspective of just like it wasn't really the usual suspects, you know? Dustin Johnson missed the cut. Yeah, uh, Justin Thomas was out of the running. DJ missed um, it on the first day, didn't he? Uh, I think he was out Saturday morning. Like he uh, oh, was done right. after his round Friday. Yeah, he didn't um, make it to the weekend eh? Yeah, True. but but yeah, dude. So it was it was fun just like seeing some new faces competing at the top and uh, the Will Zalatoris dude. Oh, that was man. sick. Just because like he's so young. And he I was, was gonna say money. yeah, and so, and dude, he was so clutch. Like all yeah in, into the weekend he was he was lights out and it was like every single time that you thought that he was like gonna kind of fade out like he'd hit a bad shot he just were, he'd scramble so well and come back to like make a par on the hole and it's like if that's me and i'm i'm in the pine needles like i'm <laughs> i'm ripping like easily a triple bogey like <laughs> yeah well and yeah that was the crazy thing like matsuyama's round on saturday where he went shot a 65 um that was the only bogey free round of the entire tournament Wow, um, eh? So he just popped off Saturday after the rain delay um, and really put a nice back nine together. I think he birdied eight of his last, or set six of his last eight holes Yeah. Um, on Saturday to give him that, I think it was like a four or five stroke lead going into Sunday. Yeah. Um, and then it looked a little shaky there at the end going into, I think it was 16. Yeah. He was within a, like Shoffley got within a stroke of him, but then Shoffley puts his first shot in the water. And, yeah. Uh, that, oh. that was about all he wrote at that point. But um, yeah. super excited for Matsuyama too. First Japanese player to win any uh, major on the PGA Tour. So massive for him, massive for golf in Japan. Um, yep. And just he, he looked like uh, he was happy to win. I was, it was fun to see. Um, and I was a little nervous for him after he, he what? He double bogeyed. Um, Oh yeah, on was it fourteen um, or fifteen? It was fifteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was a little bit nervous because I had said like, "Oh, I wanted to get, like, I hope he messes up a little bit so it's at least close." Yeah. And then he did, and I was like, "Ah, oh, shit!" But like, I don't want him to lose. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we were thinking the same yeah. thing, you know. Like, yeah. I, I know, um, Kurt put a little bit of money on Shoffley to win, and oh, yeah. uh, so I was like, oh, "All right, that's a, a good call." I put money on uh, Zalatoris, and nice. uh, it was funny because right at the end there. Um, they didn't know whether or not it was going to go into a playoff. So apparently Will was was actually practicing. Like he was out swinging the club yeah. just in case yeah. he had to get back out there. I was like, oh man, can you imagine the nerves going through him there? Like, you know, yeah, you may or may yeah. not have to go into a playoff. Like, holy shit. Those guys yeah. can keep it together so well. And I mean, he like Matsuyama only won by one stroke, but man, his Saturday was just too good. Like yeah, he, it, was it was too good. Like, and man, you know, we also, me and Kurt put a little bit of money on uh, Corey Connors to win because we really wanted ah, him to, to he, he had a great, he had a great Friday and a great yeah. Saturday. And then, yeah. and then Sunday, he just, he faded away. Like it was almost mm -hmm. like he uh, traded spots with uh, Jordan Spieth because Jordan Spieth's final round was great. Like, yeah, yeah, um, he was playing well. Yeah. So it was, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I would say it, the, the tournament didn't disappoint, like, towards the end there yeah. was a little bit of drama just a tiny bit of drama yeah. but um yeah it was good good uh 
good good masters i would say for the most part um sucks that tiger wasn't out there you know everything's a lot yeah. better when you when tiger woods is out there you know so exactly dude that's but. what i was saying i was saying to uh my roommates on sunday i was like you know matsuyama you know he all he has to do is play like relatively mistake free like he he knows he has a buffer yeah um so like you know take no risks whatever and i was like man but if you had tiger like three four strokes back going into the back nine on sunday you're a lot more nervous than you are getting chased by xander shoffley and will zalatoris you know oh yeah yeah tiger just puts that extra little bit of mental pressure but um obviously that didn't happen yeah i was kind of disappointed i put some money i think it was after friday put some money on justin thomas um Uh, he was looking really good saturday morning his front nine was great and he looked like he was pushing himself right up into contention and then i think he triple bogeyed 13 or something like that yeah and it just took him out that was was the tournament for him so yeah yeah um, too bad there but fun tournament to watch man yeah and uh what a beautiful fucking golf course oh like, my oh. god yeah i uh, you know what if i if i could even like watch people play golf on that golf course yeah. i think Seriously, my dude. my golf career would be made you know what i mean man it's so nice they even like i didn't even notice while i was watching but they don't even have like divot divots in the tee boxes and they go in every night and they have like little like ovals of grass to replace divots from people hitting like irons off the t yeah yeah and it's it, nuts like the amount of work they put into maintaining that thing is crazy dude yeah it's well there's a reason why it is the nicest golf course in the world or that's what you know yeah. it's it's one stature of, is of. yeah 100 percent, dude um so yeah but yeah so uh enough about the masters um so we're <laughs> we're gonna get into some hockey talk now um yeah so plenty, plenty going on so quickly um actually before we because we're, we're about to talk about uh austin matthews and just the the absolute tear that he's on um mike i just got a notification from tsn that's saying uh jack eichel's out for the season um yep. he'll miss the remainder of the season with a herniated disc in his neck uh oh that's so painful yeah um he's expected to start for the next season but oh my god man <laughs> i i've never herniated anything um and i've heard like herniated discs in your back are are fucking brutal so i can only imagine how it is on his neck and no wonder we for a while there like we like jack eichel was out but there wasn't necessarily any explanation so i guess this that kind of puts the nail in (laughs) nail in the buffalo's buffalo's uh season and right hey, there holy he may fuck. maybe has played his last game for buffalo although i would expect him to play at least begin next season with them yeah um, yeah but yeah definitely makes sense i mean especially with something like that why would you why would you rush back it's like yeah. there's you're you're not playing a meaningful game the rest of the season anyways so yeah that's yeah um, it's too even bad if it was like a less serious injury you know i would say yeah freaking chill dude yeah, the only only thing that you can really say for something like this is hopefully that this injury doesn't plague him for the rest of his career because, you know, there's yeah. certain certain injuries like to superstars. Like, I know Crosby and his concussions have really been an issue over, uh, not yeah, necessarily yeah, recently, past. but, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't, you never want injuries like that to plague, you know, yeah. people's careers, yeah, especially once it's, yeah, like, oh, oh, yeah. He's such a talent. It would suck to see him have to struggle with something like that. It, it's, I mean, not to relate it back to golf, but it's like Tiger and his back spasms. You know what I mean? Like those, those yeah. uh, have been like uh, really bad for him in the last little bit. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So hopefully uh, Eichel can fully recover in this off season. And, you know, yeah, Buffalo was in no position to do any damage in the playoffs. So, yeah, fuck, <laughs> fuck Buffalo. And how did that <laughs> damage of the regular season never mind the playoffs (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) Um, so all right but yeah uh, yeah. i wanted to just quickly touch on before we before we get into the the nice spicy deets um just there are some stars on absolute tears right now yes Um, sir you you sent a tweet to to our group uh over the week saying the since march 1st the three leading point getters in the league are mckinnon ranton and landiscog I mean, Colorado's on an absolute heater. Stars are getting hot at the right time. But a little bit longer term, we got Austin Matthews in his last 82 games, so a full regular season worth. He scored 62 goals. Um, oh, my goodness. Which is just an insane pace. 
I mean, I'm thinking when Ovi was the last one to score 60, and before that, was it uh, Solani? Or did um, Mining ever put up 60? No, right? so, no. I, I'm pretty sure it was the big yeah, teamster. Yeah, so that's crazy. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, that's and, a lot of scoring. I mean, I mean, dude, I think he's like he's in the conversation. Maybe not best player because of McDavid, but I think Matthews is right up there with your McKinnons, uh, Dry Seidels, yeah, as the second best player in the league, dude. Yeah. Um, because it's not just it's not like he just scores either. You know, he's up there in points. He's ahead of McKinnon. He's out of ahead of all those guys in terms of points. Yeah. So. Uh, Really, really uh, showing his quality this year. And, I mean, in this season, he even had, he's been dealing with wrist injuries. So yeah. that slowed him down a bit, but very, very impressive scoring record for him. And, I mean, if he keeps that up, he's going to, uh, like, career wise, he stands a good chance of giving Ovechkin a run for his money there. Yeah. And, I, you know what? It's, it's kind of crazy to think that uh, a lot of people were thinking, you know, okay, so the first overall, like, goal scorer, um undoubtedly you know uh wayne gretzky right and the only other person in the conversation for like being able to achieve such a high stature of like the best goal scorer of all time is potentially ovechkin if he can pass him but now i mean not saying that it could be done but we might see if austin matthews has as long of a career as ovechkin does i can totally yeah. see him getting up there in goals too because like Right now, he's at an unreal pace. And like you said, the only other person that has met this pace in the last, like, you know, decade, decade and a half has been Ovi, right? So, um, yeah. this is, this is it, like, it's incredible to watch. I'm not going to lie. I'm not, uh, like, I'm not a Leaf fan, but do I like seeing Austin Matthews' name show up on the score sheet every night? Well, yeah. Like, it's fucking, yeah. it's good for the league, too, right? So, yeah, and he's a he's a consummate finisher. It feels like you know, like oh, yeah. Ovi. I guess I go guess when Ovi first entered the league, you know, he was dangling all over the place, scoring a lot off the rush. But it really does feel like Matthews can score literally in any position. You know, like yeah, whether you know that the, the little toe drag to backhand uh, bar down that he scored. Oh, a couple, a couple oh weeks my ago, You know, God. something like that, like that really like soft mitts finesse goal versus just absolutely ripping it right, and he's yeah. got he's got everything in his locker it feels like so yeah um i imagine he'll be scoring a lot for years to come um and yeah it's gonna it's gonna be fun to watch yeah but uh i love it yeah. man. love it oh yeah dude and um i guess we we got to give a quick update on the canucks as well uh their covid situation supposedly they're they're recovering i believe they're set to i'm not sure when they're set to play their first first game back but it's fairly soon. Um, so they're, they're expecting them to finish at least most of their regular season here. Yeah. Um, Quinn Hughes supposedly was the uh, hardest hit by it, and he's lost actually a significant amount of weight. So Damn. I, would be, I would be shocked if he played again this season. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know where you stand on this, dude, but given how, like, the reports on just actually how sick and like what the symptoms these guys were experiencing actually were. It seems a little bit irresponsible to me for the NHL to just be putting these guys back out on the ice so soon afterwards. I yeah. mean, you know, say what you will about the Buffalo situation, but you can't tell me it didn't have an impact on their season and the, their uh, quality of play. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you also look like Buffalo has a ton of injuries. Maybe that played a role as well. Right. So I, I feel like for the safety of the players, this is really not uh, not ideal. I, I haven't seen anyone from Vancouver kind of call them out for that. So maybe maybe I'm off base there, but it really does seem like, you know, hockey really shouldn't be the most important thing here. And, uh, you know, get these guys get these guys back healthy. And, like, you know, it's not yeah. like they're going to make a playoff run here. So yeah. figure out a way to, to make it work. But um i i know for a fact i'm going to be betting against them every single game for the rest of the season, season oh, once they start up again. without a doubt and it's going to be almost like free money you know what i mean like Seems bet against like them and it... and just just get paid out almost immediately and i wonder yeah. if they're gonna i wonder if like the betting sites are going to catch on to that and just start having them like yeah. whoever to win as just like completely low multipliers which you know wouldn't surprise me in the slightest but no i totally agree man like fuck i I think a lot of people forget that, especially hockey fans, because of how passionate they are, um, that 
you know, this is, these people have lives and they have families and shit. Mm-hmm. And like, you can't be, can't just be like, oh, rushing a guy back because, oh, well, he tested the negative. So why isn't he back out on the ice? Like, man, like, I don't yeah. think you realize, especially because they had, they had this like alternative var- variant from what the normal one has been, um, mm-hmm. which is fucking brutal on the body and like you said like if quinn Hughes is losing weight the kid's already not that big so yeah he doesn't have like, weight to lose yeah exactly <laughs> so that's not yeah. necessarily like the best situation going on there so i don't know i also one thing that that i was actually thinking about is like yeah i i wouldn't necessarily consider nhl players as like essential or anything but um when like, are, is it an off-season thing to get the vaccine? Like, when are these guys going to get vaccinated? And then, you know, the chance... I, of... I know some teams have already started getting vaccinated. Yeah, um, so... But it's not mandatory, right? Ah, uh, so, right. Okay, uh, yeah. And I think, I think it probably also depends. Like, being in Canada, I'm not sure if that makes it easier or harder or, yeah, to I was access gonna say. it. Um, yeah. But I would suspect by the time the playoffs start, I would expect pretty much everyone in the NHL that wants a vaccine to have gotten it. Yeah, because, well, um, like, you got to think about it, too, right? Like, if you have most of the players vaccinated, then there's not even the worry about, like, yeah. having it, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Um, it's, it's just a question I thought might toss out there, just plant the seed a little bit, because, like, you know, totally. we haven't, we've heard about, you know, just the general public getting vaccinated, but, like, what about these guys? Because these guys are traveling on a daily basis. And like, even this morning, I know Colorado had a positive test. I don't know who, yeah. who it was, but you know, this, this kind of thing was um, not something that we had to deal with in the bubble last year because of how well they maintained it. But it seems like now it doesn't really matter how well they, they like how well the NHL does in terms of like maintaining shit or um, what's the word containing. Um, yeah these players and making sure that they're isolating and shit that you know it's gonna get out so as we see with the vancouver situation so yeah yeah, yeah i mean it's gonna be interesting because to do the bubble they're gonna need probably a full two-week quarantine going in or like a week with a ton of testing so oh yeah uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how they even do that but uh but definitely rough on the canucks for the, for that situation and um i know i know uh it's been rough on a couple people's fantasy teams too so oh yeah that's I I would yeah. like we won't we won't get into the whole fantasy thing, but man, like this year has been yeah. a complete complete fucking luck fest. Like, yeah. So maybe maybe by the end of the season when I've won both my leagues in a landslide, <laughs> uh, we can we can cut we can hop back on we can discuss. But, yeah, uh, I, I'm still gonna say if you win, it's luck. If <laughs> I win, then it's all skill. <laughs> oh, of course. That's the way she goes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. But yeah, just before we jump into the trades, I mean, obviously, one of the most high-profile trades, we've been talking about him all season, it feels like. Taylor Hall got moved um, to Boston, of all places. But before we get into that, um, the Tyler of that draft class, Tyler Sagan, second overall, behind Mm -hmm. Taylor Hall, who originally drafted by Boston, um, obviously in Dallas now, reports that he could be back on the ice in the next couple weeks. I think he's already back skating, so he they're they're expecting him to make his debut in the next fourteen days or so. Um, and this could be huge, dude, because that division, that race for fourth place in the Central, is really heating up. You got Nashville forty nine points with forty four games played. You got Chicago forty three games played with forty five points, and Dallas forty two points uh, from forty one games. So if Dallas wins their games in hand, they're only a point back of Nashville for that last playoff spot. Um, and you got to think at this point in the season, adding someone like Tyler Sagan has to be a boost for their team. So yeah, um, they're probably still looking at that as a run. And Nashville didn't really make any moves to the deadline. You know, they did. They end up not really selling too much. So um, they're clearly in on on making a playoff run here. So uh, that's going to be an interesting one to keep an eye on because I feel like that's really the only division where there's like three teams outside the playoffs with a legitimate shot yeah. at pushing pushing to get in. Right. So. That's going to be a fun one to keep our eye on, but um, got to do some trade talk, dude. And oh, yeah. why don't we just start with Taylor Hall? Because uh, as, as I said, we've been talking about him a whole lot this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, like, I don't know if you saw this one coming. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think I 
saw somebody say that they thought that Taylor Hall was going to go to Boston and like that's hilarious you know I and it was on on Twitter actually and I was like you know what yeah that's actually not even a bad fit like you think about it right and you're like oh okay that that that's like could work but if anything like um I'll let you tell the details but if if anything this says that Boston is all in like they are they're like yep we we know that we can't fucking like I know they didn't have to give up a whole lot, but I feel like Boston's at the point now where they start seeing they're starting to see their team kind of decline in terms of um not skill but just success. Um yeah. especially in a division like they're in right yeah. now. Um they can't really necessarily be competitive or as competitive as they've been in the past. So I feel like this is kind of like, you know, not their last hurrah, but maybe mm-hmm. their second or third last hurrah. Um, before they start going yep fuck this we're out you know so yeah and it's interesting man like this entire trade deadline day like i was kind of unsure as to how it would go because of the expansion draft coming up and covid restrictions yeah i thought maybe we won't see that many moves and actually this was i one of the more active trade deadlines i can remember in recent memory in terms of like relatively high profile players moving um just across the board i think there's there's eight or nine teams that have kind of signaled their intention to go for it uh which is really fun because usually it's like two or three teams but there's obviously a lot of teams this year that feel like they're in a position that they can go all the way um boston so they got taylor hall and curtis lazar from buffalo for a second round pick this year and anders bjork um hall i think they're, they're retaining half of his salary so boston's only paying four for that or 4.5 for that yep um and this is an insanely cheap deal for for what Boston's given up. Um, supposedly, Taylor Hall had a full mo- no-move clause, of course. So supposedly, Boston was a team that he was really interested in playing for. It sounds to me like Buffalo had much better offers on the table that Hall himself vetoed. Um, and... I, I mean, I think, like, first of all, for the Bruins to give up what they did, this is an insane move for them. Like, that's yeah. unreal. You're getting a former MVP. He's going to be able, he's probably going to be playing in a line with David Krejci. He's going to get power play time with that top line, which is nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be perfectly honest, this is the first time Taylor Hall's been on a good team. And Boston is a team that knows how to win. Once they're in the playoffs, I think. The, their standings in the regular season probably don't matter a whole lot. Yeah. Um, and this is the first time Taylor Hall doesn't have to be the guy, dude. Yeah. Like, he can just show up and play hockey. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think this makes sense for him. He obviously wants to win, wants to be on a competitive team. Makes a ton of sense for Boston. Um, and for what Boston paid, it made a bunch of other deals that other teams made look pretty bad oh, in terms yeah. of what they gave up for what they got. Um, so I, I would say this is the best value deal of the trade deadline by far. Oh yeah, for sure. It's like the, you know, you're, you're getting, it's, it's like, you're getting the Costco golf ball. That is the exact same as like, you know, the tailor made RBZ soft or whatever, but you're getting it (laughs) at an extremely discounted rate, but it's just, you know, like, I don't know. I, I, this is, this is it, Mike, this is the test to see if Taylor Hall goes to Boston and there's still like no production. There's like, you know, not really a whole lot going on with him. I think we can finally put the nail in the coffin of like, is Taylor Hall a superstar in the league? You know what I mean? Because I yeah. feel like there the pressure is off of him now of being that number one guy because you already got like two to, to three other guys that are gonna do um your job but have done it better. Um, just at, like in history, right? Um, mm-hmm. so if, if Taylor Hall can, can be comfortable, um, in a secondary scoring position and like you said, get some power play time too, like, man, I feel like there's nothing wrong with him, you know, regressing. I feel like a lot of people are, are holding on to the fact that he won a heart and it's like, yeah, he won a heart, but that doesn't mean that his whole career has to be like that. You know, every, like, it's like Eric Carlson, right? If yeah. Eric Carlson was getting like wasn't getting paid as much as he was, I don't think there'd be that much talk about him. But it's just the fact that he got a shit like a really big contract and he's not producing as much as he did, um, like as his like Norris seasons and stuff. 
then you know like i i feel like there wouldn't be as much talk about it but yeah so i'm i'm excited to see this actually i i was actually extremely happy to see that he went to boston because if he went to another fucking team that was just not like like on the cusp yeah. of making the playoffs yeah. i was just gonna lose yeah. it man like come yeah. on like you know what i mean yeah, so no. and i mean Boston's a huge winner here, as we said. And I'm still a huge believer in Taylor Hall as like an 80 to 100 point scorer a season. Right. Um, I think he's a, I think he's still a star. Um, he's just been in very bad situations. Right. Uh, partly down to his own decisions, partly just unlucky, I think. So, yeah. Um, excited to see him hopefully kind of rebound a little bit here. And I mean, he's a UFA again at the end of the season. So, uh, and if I'm not mistaken, this will be his first time playing in the playoffs. Um, oh yeah, true. So Damn. that that's that'll be exciting for him. <laughs> this is assuming Boston makes the playoffs. Yeah, I was gonna say. I imagine they will, but the <laughs> Rangers are also also uh, heating up there. So yeah, <laughs> we'll see if they don't make the playoffs. The Taylor Hall curse is real. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for Hall's sake, I hope they do make the playoffs. Yeah, me too. Um, outside of that, I hope they miss. But it's yeah. Fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then so we got to get into this cap negotiation stuff because this shit went wild this year. Oh and, yeah. I mean, we've seen the stuff with Tampa Bay and the long-term injured reserve. Kyle Dubas has made some interesting moves to like retain salary, blah blah blah, to be able to fit people into the cap. Um, and so we had a couple three-way trades going on um, earlier this week, Sunday, Monday, that. Uh, really bent my brain a little bit trying Kinda, to kind of broke the nhl yeah like god damn dude so i guess we'll start with the the tampa bay one just because tampa bay um is notorious for this and i got some interesting stats um to follow this up with um but so basically what happened is tampa bay traded david savard to um detroit for a fourth round pick yep detroit traded david savard to columbus for brian lashoff and retained 50 percent of his salary yeah and then okay no wait other way yeah, around columbus columbus retained half going to detroit and then detroit retained half sending Savard to Tampa Bay. Yes. And then Tampa Bay sent a first round pick this year and a third round pick in 2022 to Columbus for Brian Lashoff. So basically end of the day, Tampa Bay ended up with David Savard and uh, Brian Lashoff. Detroit ended up, whole, they're paying uh, 50% of uh, Savard's contract Yep. and picked up a fourth round pick. Um, just to pay out money that fits under the cap, anyways. So yeah, they didn't give up anything and just yeah. got they gave up money and got a fourth round pick, basically. Yeah. Um, and Columbus ends up with a third and a first, uh, first this year, third next year. Um, so Tampa gets Savard paying their they only have to pay twenty five percent of his salary, which comes in under the cap. Um, they did give up quite a bit. It, I think a first and a fourth this year and a third next year. So fairly heavy price to pay, but they get their guy and dude, they are so stacked now. Like yeah, when you consider, okay. So with all of their players on long-term injured reserve, their cap hit is $99.9 million, which is 18 and a half million dollars over the cap. But because of the long-term injured reserve, um, like, bonus basically that once someone goes on ltir you can use their cap space again um they're under the cap right now and then once playoffs start they'll be able to activate the guys on ltir like nikita kucherov and bring them in and basically feel the team over the cap um so that's an insane move for tampa bay i didn't really expect them to be able to make a move like this yeah but god damn dude yeah, this was like I didn't even know that this was possible. Like, yeah, neither did I. Yeah, like I know, um, in order to have somebody like on your team, you have to pay some of the salary. Like, you can't just have them on the books for nothing. Um, but this is kind of like 
I wonder we're we're definitely gonna see the uh the NHL um talk about this at some point in in a meeting in the future because I feel I feel like a lot of people were not happy with this move. Um yeah. and they're not the only team that did it either. Yeah, well exactly, right? And we'll get into uh the other team that did it too, but uh it's just kind of crazy to think that this is this is where we are at now in terms of like making trades yeah. and shit. Like it's not just yeah. It's not picks. It's not just players, but now it's like salary of players. Like that is yeah. just an uh, like I actually like my mind got blown. I had to like read over the trade like two or three times in order yeah. to like fully digest it. You know what I mean? So yeah, um, and the other funny thing is you have Steve Eiserman, Detroit's or like Tampa Bay's old GM, Detroit's new GM. Yeah, kind of hooking up Tampa Bay by retaining the salary. They're there. Tampa or Detroit's kind of the middleman, right? That's able yep. to make the trade work by getting Savard and then dealing him so that there's two retentions of his salary instead of one. Yeah. Um so he kind of hooked Tampa Bay up. Tampa Bay kind of hooked him up, you know, you get a fourth round pick for very, very little. Yeah. Um but it's a little little extra little collusion there, you know. Like did did Tampa Bay call him or did he call them and say, Hey, this might be a good move for you to make and I can make it work. Oh, so. I I guarantee you he did just just because of how <laughs> much of a genius he is. Like, I yeah, you know it shit. it's one of those things. Like it it makes me think like fucking why didn't Ottawa do this or something? You know, like Ottawa's got some cap space now, so um yeah. why didn't they you know reach out? But I don't know. They've already made a yeah, bunch seriously. a bunch of good good trades and stuff like that. So we'll leave Ottawa yeah. out of this one. But for it's it is incredible to think that this is this is actually a thing. And and Stevie Y once again you know just just completes a um like signs the deal on just like a yep you're gonna give me something and you're going to get nothing in return kind of trade so um you know another w for detroit because they all they did was just like hand off the player like all right we'll take him it was all like like kind of like a transfer flight you know you come you stop into detroit and then you fly out of detroit and yeah. go to tampa <laughs> right you're like it's hilarious yeah. so yeah i i i think this is awesome um tampa gets another uh solidified um d-man uh david savard has been uh he i actually think a great great move for uh tampa in the sense that you know uh he's a very physical player a lockdown d-man um yeah, it's kind of what good exactly what they need. Balls. Yeah, exactly. A good like good yeah. at playing the body, good at uh getting in the lanes, stuff like that, shutting down um top top uh lines easily. So, um yeah. it's it's just yeah, totally. unfortunate he was playing on Columbus cuz Columbus has been um <laughs> really bad kind of all over the map uh for the second half of the season. So, uh but yeah. yeah, good good move for Tampa other than the fact that they gave up a shit ton, but whatever. Yeah, big it's... move for them and they're going to need it because we're going to get into it later, but the central, I mean, there's moves all over the place there. It looks like a bit of an arms race going yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. Um between those top 3 teams, so Crazy. Um we'll get into that, but the other real complicated one, uh another three-way, and we mentioned Kyle Dubis, it is Toronto. Yep. Um so Toronto acquired Nick Foligno, which is the big one and Stefan Nosen from San Jose. So basically, I guess San Jose was the middleman here. They got uh, they got Foligno for a fourth-round pick from Toronto this year, and then the Blue Jackets get a first this year and a fourth next year uh, for ostensibly Foligno. So Blue Jackets keep half his salary. Sharks keep half of half his salary. So then Toronto is paying 25% of his salary, which fits him under the cap. Um, and this is another one where Columbus got good pieces in return, like a first and a oh, fourth, yeah. like that's probably worth it. Right. Oh, for um, sure. Given where you're at and where Foligno's at in his career, um, for Toronto, man, like this makes so much sense to me because now like you look at their lineup and they're freaking stacked, you know, you have Spezza and Thornton playing on the fourth line. You have Galianchek Chuck on the first line with, uh, Matthews and Marner and then Foligno on the second line with Nylander and Taveras like it's that good yeah you know, like oh my god these yeah. are they, they you have so like Foligno adds like he he's brings skill to the table but he's a guy he's a veteran that's been around the league he's been in the playoffs um he can play a, a 200 foot game he can doesn't care where he plays on the ice you know he can play wing he can play center um and I think a really big thing here is they've added another captain to that team yeah you know like yeah. Now they have John Tavares, obviously their captain. Um, J- 
Joe Thornton's and, been a captain. Yeah. Jason Spence has been a captain. Now Nick Foligno has been a captain, right? So the leadership in that dressing room is absolutely massive at this point. And I yeah. feel like, you know, this is, this is a clear win now move, right? Oh like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. This season is kind of it. And you know, ob- obviously they'll be able to retool, but they've, they've spent a lot of pieces on this. So, um, yeah. One thing I'll say, they managed to hold on to most of their prospects, which is huge. I think they have a couple good guys in the system. Um, but I like, I like this move from Toronto. I really like it. Uh, and I think they're, they come out winners in this one just because, you know, if they win a cup, it doesn't matter what they gave up. Right. And I feel like this is probably their best shot at winning one. You look at their team this year and how they're playing. So I like the move and we haven't even got into the other moves they made, but what, what do you think on that one? Cause it's another co- complex one. Yeah, it's um another like I feel like uh, in the past couple seasons, Dubas has been to me, anyways. My opinion, I shouldn't say that this has been the like broad, um, you know, kind of decision that everybody's made. But um, in my opinion, I think that he has not made enough moves in the past couple years in order to like try and push for for uh, going deep in the playoffs because you know they haven't been able to make it past the first round. And even last year, um, they thought or we thought that they were going to take a step. And then they got shut down, right? So, yeah. um, uh, the the important part of this trade, or about the the trade deadline in general for the Leafs, is that they didn't give up any prospects, and that is a very important part because um, a lot of the players that are on Toronto right now have big contracts, right? But it's going to be how they cycle in those those depth players exactly. and the guys that that really make the difference on those other lines, other than just the big four of Nylander, Tavares, Marner, and Matthews, right? So um, I feel like this is a really, really good trade um, for Toronto. Like you said, the the leadership is huge. You you got a ton of kids in the locker room, or you did before, and now now you do even more or less, I guess. But, um, you know, having these older guys that have been there and done that, um, especially ones that are captains, like, yeah, you're going to be getting a, a ton of... Uh, good leadership for these young guys that may not necessarily um you know have be in the right headspace all the time right so um really really good move um but like you said this is win now mode and and dubas you know i gotta give him a pat on the back for uh for trying to make a push because if he does get fired from toronto like if toronto let's say uh like gets knocked out fairly early or doesn't make a run at all i feel like if if Dubis gets fired. At least he made moves to try and yeah. get Toronto there. I don't there. think there's any way he gets fired. I don't think there's any way. Right. You look at the moves and you think there's nothing else he could have done. Yeah. Um. And yeah. I would even say in past years he really did have his hands tied with their cap space yeah. that he inherited from Lou. Right. Uh, Lamorello. Right. So. Yeah. I feel like this was maybe the first year that Dubis really had control over what he could do at the deadline. And I damn, did he ever make a splash? Because oh, they sure. also added. Ben Hutton on D for a fifth round pick uh, from Anaheim. Um, and then they added David Riddick uh, in yeah. net from, from uh, Calgary, right? Yeah. And between those, for, that was for a third round pick next year. So between those two, uh, Foligno, and then the, the Galianchuk pickup a week or two ago, um, I mean, you look at their lineup and you even add their taxi squad into that and it's like, where's the hole? They're, yeah. I feel like the only other team in the league that you could say has four lines that strong uh, and three defensive pairings that strong with a good goalie, the only other team in the league I can think of is Tampa Bay. Yeah. Maybe Colorado. Yeah. But, I, you know, and so come playoff time, you know, I think it's that those bottom six forwards that are where people are looking to make the difference, right? Because... It's not as though, like, Marner maybe underperformed a bit, but it's not like their star players just disappear in the playoffs, you know? It's yeah. kind of the rest of the team. Can the supporting cast pull their weight? And exactly. this year, I feel like they're poised, poised to do exactly that. So yeah, um, they're going to be fun to watch in the playoffs. And it feels like going in, like, they, they were already a wagon. Now it's like, holy shit, that's yeah. a scary team. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, in, in contrast... And I and I'm I'm not gonna go in depth with this, but in contrast to like what Edmonton did at, at the trade deadline, yeah. Um, if if Edmonton was trying to make a push for that number one spot or or even Winnipeg for that matter, um, I would say you know Toronto is really 
really solidifying like hey we're we're the top dog in the north and uh now we just added even more pieces that are gonna you know make it because you know uh toronto got really really lucky with having jack campbell come in from la yeah. and be just lights out for them um because with freddie anderson uh looking like he's not going to return this season um yeah it it frees up a decent amount of cap space to be able to get a guy like riddick so that now they have a solidified number two uh behind jack yeah. campbell and um, riddick that riddick move makes you think that maybe anderson might may not be coming back right right, right exactly i kind of assumed he'd be back before the end of the season definitely for playoffs but now it's like well is yeah he? yeah and well exactly right like so, so many yeah. unknowns with that team but yeah um i like it i like the moves yeah. that toronto's made good job doobie totally. and so here's the thing too is like you look at those moves that get made by tampa bay and toronto right um and then there's some seemingly like really heavy overpays going on so uh florida made a couple moves kind of just probably to keep pace, right? Yep. Picked up Brandon Montour from uh, Buffalo for a third round pick. That's really big, obviously, with Aaron Eckblad being out. That's, yep. a, that's a position they needed uh, to add someone at. Yep. And then um, they picked up Sam Bennett from Calgary. And this one is really weird to me. So they got Sam Bennett in the 2022 sixth rounder for Emil Heineman, who was their second round pick last year. I think he went 19th in the second round. Yep. And uh, their uh, second round pick next year. So basically, two second round picks for Sam Bennett, who, I mean, is not terrible, but really has not been good in Calgary for multiple seasons in a row now. Um, so it feels like two first rounders for that. You look at what some other teams are giving up or getting for like a similar thing, and it's like, man, like Sam Bennett is maybe not worth that. Having said that, I think given the forwards that they have and Carter Verhage's out uh, week to week right now. So uh, looking for someone that can play center that can play wing on one of those top two lines. Uh, this like, he does fit the bill there. Um, so I could see Bennett bouncing back. I could see him having success in Florida. It just feels like, to make it worth it he's gonna have to be really good yeah I, I don't know man like i i get what you're saying right but i feel like sam bennett has also known for a long long time that he's been he's been like that next piece out you know like yeah that's in true. calgary so many people have said sam bennett is gonna go sam bennett is gonna go it's just a matter of when right and so yeah. when you're playing for a team and you know that at any moment, especially right before the trade deadline, you know that you could be just given away for um, whatever, like you're disposable. It, uh, like that is not a good feeling for a player. And like last year, especially uh, during the bubble, I know this for, for a fact because I had him on my fantasy um, team where <laughs> it was just one of those, uh, it was like yeah. a, a playoff fantasy where, you know, as teams get knocked out, so do your players. And then essentially whoever has the most points at the end of, uh, like end of the playoffs, uh, wins obviously. Um, so it, it was one of those things where I was seeing, I picked Sam Bennett because I was like, all right, whatever. Like, you know, Calgary is, is pretty good. And there was like, when you're doing a 10 man draft and there's only teams in the playoffs, there's not a whole lot to choose from. Plus you got to yeah. think about teams that are going deep, whatever. Um, and Sam Bennett was money for them. Like, I know, I remember, uh, it was like, we had just moved into this house and I remember Calgary was playing and it was like, Oh, Curtis was like, Sam Bennett just scored. I'm like, fuck yeah. And then I go upstairs and then all of a sudden, like, <laughs> 10 minutes Sam later just he's like, Sam Bennett just scored again I'm like what the fuck really and then <laughs> like and then it was like that for the remainder of the playoffs so I don't know yeah. and and there's certain guys that are going to be like that right like some guys are yeah. money in the playoffs and some guys are money in the regular season and that's just how it goes yeah. so I think especially since you mentioned the fact that there's um like Florida has been able to manage injuries so well. I feel like mm -hmm. Sam Bennett being in Florida is kind of perfect because he's one of those guys that tends to step up when they need it the most, right? So yeah. um, I I've, like it. I've talked about it on this pod too, where there's it's there are teams that get the best out of players and there are teams that don't. And Florida has feels like they've gone from a team where people kind of go and get end up being overpaid because they don't produce to the opposite, where... They're bringing in guys, uh, like coming out of junior, like on entry levels, like someone like Owen Tippett, 
and they're coming in like first round pick in the past, right? Obviously a good player, but coming in, lighting it up, playing like on the third line, right? Or someone like Carter Verhage coming in, having an insanely good season playing with Sasha Barkov. So um, it feels like they're kind of poised, like they're, they have an environment where someone like Bennett can come in and has the pieces around him and the environment to succeed. So I'm excited to see what happens. Um, but I do think it was was a bit of a hefty price. Yeah. Um, and good on good on Calgary for getting that return from him because, yeah. as you said, like they were supposedly shopping him like at the beginning of the season. So, oh yeah, to be able to get that much for him is is really impressive. I'd say. Yeah, it's um, a win, win um, for sure. Yeah. And definitely. the last last thing I want to say is like, um, Sam Bennett is one of those guys that like I feel like he even knew Calgary's a little bit of a sinking ship right now. And yeah. I mean, how good of a feeling is it to go from Calgary where Calgary is like on the way down in terms of yeah. like regressing? Playing the playoffs. Yeah. And he gets to play with not only a team in the playoffs, but a team that is the, looking the best that they have in a long time, like a long, yeah. long time. And you get to live in Florida. Like, yeah, that's true too. <laughs> not saying that there's anything wrong with Calgary, but if you were to do Calgary right cold. now or Florida, um, I think I'd know what I'd choose. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, my my brothers in Winnipeg, he sent us pictures of snow yesterday. Oh. So. <laughs> I suspect Calgary is fairly similar. Yeah. Um, no, thank you. <laughs> rough, rough ski right there. But yeah. Um, yeah. Moving on. I mean, so I, I really like Florida's moves there. And um, Caroline is kind of the one team out in that, that big three in the central that didn't really make much of a move. Um, they made a couple small ones. I think they traded Hayden Flurry away, but uh, didn't get any notable players back that are that you would consider NHL ready that are going to make an impact come playoff time. Right. Having said that, I think they're probably really comfortable with um, what they have. I mean, they've been using their taxi squad players all season. Steve, for one, has been playing a ton. Yep. Same with Jake Bean. Same with Morgan Geeky, right? Yep. Um, so I think they Carolina made their moves a little bit earlier in the season. Um, moving to Zingle and uh, who's the other guy they moved? Uh, they 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 brought in a couple guys as well. So yeah, I'm, I can't think of it. Yeah, now. me too. But so so they're they're uh, I think they they're probably pretty comfortable with where they're at and they're playing lights out hockey right now. So yeah, um, <laughs> just quick, they're but they're all three of those teams tied at fifty eight points atop the central d- division. Yeah, so that's nuts. Yeah, awesome. Um, but the last big trade, and there's a couple others that we should probably mention, but the last big one, and this one is nuts for me. Like Steve Eiserman must mind control people. Actually, oh this yeah, doesn't make any sense. Anthony Mantha going to the Capitals for Jacob Vrana, Richard Panic, a first round pick this year and a second round pick next year, and like, oh, I would have like if you just didn't didn't say the picks, I would say, oh yeah, that's probably fair. Um, yes, led <laughs> to Red Wings made out like bandits on this one, I think. And oh yeah, dude, like, okay, here's the thing. Anthony Mantha is a really good player. He's big. He can score. He's got nice hands. I mean, I remember watching him at the World Juniors way back, and it's like money, money player. Yep. Um, obviously, Detroit sucks. Mantha's been decent there, even though they suck. Um, but Jacob Vrana, like, I don't know if I would say just one for one, Vrana is any worse than Mantha is. Um, and then adding Richard Panic, who not a stud but he's a depth player you know he he adds value to their team especially if their team's going to be a lot of young guys very physical player um gives that gives some experience to the locker room and then getting a first and second round pick on top of that yeah oh man insane dude yeah oh man it's like like i said before stevie y once again just coming up with with big return on a player that you know what i'm not gonna lie i didn't think that I like if anybody was gonna go, I thought maybe Bernier was gonna go, you know, or a different yeah. a different piece because I thought for sure they were gonna keep Mantha and Larkin together. Um, yeah, it felt like Mantha was part of their core. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. And not to mention too that like Mantha and Larkin have both not really been um, the pieces struggling in Detroit. It's been really the young guys like all around them in terms of their depth and on their D. So um, it's kind of crazy to think that uh, they gave up a piece like that, but. Um, yeah, the, 
at first you look at that trade and you're like oh man washington just got a really really good um like goal scorer a really good like gritty player um a guy who like you said has just incredible hands so um you're like oh washington won that trade and then you think about it and you're like wait wait they got this and this and this and this yeah. okay um <laughs> I, I i think we know who won that trade like yeah, yeah. dude I, I love it. I love, to be honest, I like both sides of the trade. Like, I, I yeah. like how Washington gets a, a solidified, um, like, goal scorer and, and just great player to add to their top six. But definitely. Um, then you just look at from a rebuilding perspective and you're like, oh my God. It's kind of the same with Ottawa. Like, holy shit, man. Detroit and Ottawa are going to yeah. be absolute wagons in like three to yeah. four years. Like, and even less than that, to be honest. Like, I don't know yeah. this the getting um getting those two players from Washington that like dude, speeds up their rebuild like a ton. Like Jacob Vrana is a fucking monster dude. Yeah. Like, he's good. Yeah. He's really good. Yeah. I was shocked that I saw him going the other way in that one. I feel so um, bad for those guys because think about going yeah. from Washington yeah, to Detroit sucks. like oh that's horrible. Yeah. So And here's the thing like from Washington's perspective they're obviously in win now mode, right? Like get it while you can with a Vetchkin and uh, Backstrom still there and, and still playing at a high level. Right. But um, I don't see them winning the cup this year. I, I consider them of the, of the favorites. I consider them one of the worst teams. Um, yeah. Kind of. And does Mantha make them that much better? I don't think so. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if they win, as as we've said, like if they win the cup, it's worth it. Right. But oh, 100%. I just don't, I just don't see it. I, I think, detroit won this trade hard yeah um any move is worth it if you win the yeah. cup that's the whole reason oh, why yeah. you're doing it right yeah. so yeah and uh yeah i'm just gonna we don't we don't want to be too late here so i'm gonna rattle off some of the other ones maybe you can let me know if you have any thoughts on those yeah, i'll and then, jump in uh, when i when i hear yeah. what so i like we jeff carter going to pittsburgh that one i did not see coming i no. i thought pittsburgh might try to take a run at taylor hall yeah um but it ended up being jeff carter and uh that's an interesting move. I think he makes sense. He's played with Crosby. He was on that insane world junior team in 2005 with Crosby. Yeah. I can still remember him going end to end, like from behind his own net to puck and net at the other end in a 13, nothing win against the Ukraine. So yeah. no, oh my God, no, it was against, it was against Kazakhstan. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> he can, he can score. They're yeah. adding another winger. He's been there. He's won a cup. So yeah, uh, good, good little trade. bit, a little bit of stuff there. And uh, Matthias Janmark to Vegas, that's an interesting one. Vegas, yep. a team that wasn't very active at the deadline, maybe expected them to be a little bit more active. Um, but, you know. And uh, Devin Dubinick and Carl Soderberg, both going to Colorado. Two separate trades. Um, Soderberg, just adding a little bit of depth on the back end. Avalanche, I mean, I assume he'll play, but this gives them, like, a free injury, basically, the way I see it. Yeah. Where it's like... Or no, he's a forward. Fuck yeah, he's a, yeah, he's his um, center. Okay, so then that, that makes a ton of sense. I was yeah. thinking he's a defenseman. Um, and then Devin Dubinick is their backup goalie. Another one that makes sense. You know, veteran goalie's been there, been around. You're not expecting him to play a ton of games. You just need him to be decent when he does. Yeah. Um, and then on the off chance Grubauer gets injured, you do have a starting goalie as your backup, right? So Yeah. Um, I, I personally... Good. Yeah. He's been great at times. Yeah, he... In, a lot of people forget like he was he was going to the um the all-star break like a couple years ago you know what i mean like it's yeah. not like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not like he's he, like the last couple seasons he's fallen off a bit but you're also like he was playing on a minnesota team that was not very good at all and then you go to a san jose team who has not been very good at all so and um especially bad defensively exactly right so it's one of those things that when you get let out to dry then like yeah obviously you're not going to be great mm -hmm. um i personally i like i like this move just because uh i don't know like Dubnik's a, a good goalie, right? And but I feel like there were other goalies on the market that potentially could have been a better fit. But I also yeah. don't know what those like teams were offering in terms of like you know like if we got Bernier from Detroit, what was Stevie well, Y yeah. saying? What was Stevie Y saying to the other bandit of the NHL? You know what I mean? Like Joe <laughs> yeah. Sakic and Stevie Y coming together for a trade is like you know it's probably not gonna gonna happen where stevie y walks away with yeah. what he wants right so um 
yeah so i i think it's a good move yeah like you said he, we just need like colorado needs him to be okay when he comes in um especially with Francos like looking like he's not coming back anytime soon um this helps out big time and then uh carl soderberg i think he's like they also acquired um patrick nemeth uh not too long ago uh which is a, a guy who's playing with with colorado i think last season or the season before that um so just another one of those players that just has been there done like for colorado done that and uh if there's an injury then you just fill in the in the blank um yeah. so yeah good good moves for colorado uh we essentially like don't need to dive into it all that much but yeah uh joe Sackick pretty much got both of these players for pretty much nothing so yeah um, yeah i was gonna say dubinick for a fifth round pick and greg paterin who i assume yeah, is not oh buddy there. get him the fuck out of yeah. colorado holy yeah. shit and so bad. again <laughs> i think i think we've seen it with jack campbell in toronto and i think we talked about it last year in the playoffs with with colorado actually um with francis and hutchin and hutchinson coming in where yeah as a goalie i mean you obviously know devin dubinick's history where he's had he's had seasons where he's one of the best goalies in the league yep um but having a team like colorado to play in front of you i feel like and I'm, I'm no goalie. I, I don't know for sure, but I yeah. feel like when you look at that team, you step on the ice and you're like, you know what? I could probably let in four tonight and I'd be fine. Yeah. Like you right? automatically like, just get way more comfortable. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 e it, it seems like it's easy for goalies to play on that team. Um, and I think we're seeing a similar thing in Toronto where, um, and Toronto leaves their goalies out to dry sometimes. Right. Oh but, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, think that makes a ton of sense for Colorado and really fills the one hole that they, desperately needed right outside of that i feel like they, they've got a solid lineup front yeah. to back oh yeah um and then just two other real quick ones uh both winnipeg and edmonton adding a defenseman winnipeg getting jordy ben and edmonton getting dmitry kulikov um both teams obviously probably needed a defenseman however neither of these are moves that are indicating yep we're going for it this year um Kind of does, kind of makes sense to me. I don't feel like either of those teams are in a position where one or two players could make all the difference. Um, but especially in Edmonton's position, like you got to start pulling the trigger on those at some point because you got McDavid in his prime. Freaking use him, dude. So yeah, um, that's that's gonna be an interesting one to see if Edmonton can pull anything off in the playoffs. I personally can't see anyone in the the North beating Toronto, but you never know. You know, if McDavid goes on a heater, I wouldn't put anything past him. So. Um, that's an interesting one as well, but I got one last question for you, buddy. And that is who do you think actually won trade deadline day or like move leading up to the deadline and on the deadline day, which team league wide do you think made the best moves, improved their team the most? Oh, um, that's a good question. You know what? And this is a perfect, uh, quick segue before I answer. Um, we, we also put this poll out on our Twitter page, um just giving you know four four different um answers of uh like who who won was it or what was the biggest uh trade whether it was mantha uh, savard hall or felino and uh 37 of the 70 votes that we had said that anthony mantha um going to the caps was the biggest uh splash in the nhl and you know what i tend to agree i think um Although I think Detroit won that trade, I think Washington added a really, really solid piece that, um, as we saw last night, actually, Anthony Mantha just steps in, does a little fake uh, step, takes one yeah. one little snap, and it's in, like, literally, I, I don't even know, I think it went, like, crossbar, post, and then back post in the net. It was a disgusting shot, and I was like, okay, yeah. you know what, I feel like washington is is in a pretty good spot right now um given given that trade just completely you know helped them out uh depth scoring wise because that's sometimes sometimes washington can score like nine on you and sometimes they just can't do anything right so um i feel like that that was the biggest trade and washington is kind of the most prepared going into um a pretty hard division there so interesting, interesting. yeah um and I mean, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't also discount the Palmieri move to, to the Islanders there. Yes. Which, uh, so all of those teams kind of Boston, Washington, uh, Pittsburgh with Jeff Carter and the Islanders all made moves at the deadline. So that's going to be an interesting division to watch in the playoffs. I think any of those teams can beat any of those other teams. I don't think there's a, a, a solid favorite in there right now, especially given the trade moves. Right. Um, 
But, dude, I'm going with the same trade. Well, same teams, but for a different reason. And I think Detroit actually won won the trade deadline day here. Yeah. And kind of weird to say because, obviously, they're not making a playoff run. They're moving in the other direction. Um, if I had to pick a playoff team, I think I'd say Toronto won it because just you look at the moves that other teams made, and it's like, did, did Washington really need Anthony Mantha? And does what Anthony Mantha bring, brings, like... Is that that much better than what you were getting from Jacob Vrana? Right. Um, I look at a lot of those moves, like Taylor Hall in Boston. Like, yeah, that's great, but is that really what you needed? Maybe. Maybe they need more scoring. Um, but I think Toronto, like, you, they had a very explicit, like, kind of niche type of player that they were looking for, and they managed to get all of them. Um, yeah. So I and I feel like they they got them relatively cheap. Uh, all things considered. So I really like Toronto's moves, but I like Detroit's moves the most. Yep. Um, they got 2022 fourth round pick, um, 2021 fourth round pick, uh, 2021 fifth round pick. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to keep going here because I know they have more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, what did they get? A first and a second from that Mantha one? First, yep. first round pick this year, second round pick next year, Vrana and Panic. Yeah, and they were already loaded up on picks, so that's two firsts this year. Um, I imagine two seconds. I, I have to look into it, but their prospect pool is going to be like they're a couple years behind Ottawa, but their prospect pool is going to be as good as Ottawa's. I would assume, give it like two or three years. So, and I didn't really feel like they had much to move in the first place. Like, no, I nobody saw this Mantha trade coming. I don't think. Um, and I absolutely love it from Steve Y. So I, I'm calling Detroit the winners this year. I think they they really set themselves up just this trade deadline alone, not even counting out counting the other stuff that they've done in the past and the picks they already have accumulated. I feel like they put themselves in such a good spot. So yeah, I had to run with them. Yeah, and and just to quickly go over um, what you said. So um, at the 2021 draft coming up, they got two first rounders, three second rounders, two third rounders, two fourth rounders, and two fifth rounders, and then a sixth rounder. And then their seventh round pick uh, is not there. I don't... Oh, uh, traded away on October 7th. Don't know where, but True. whatever. Doesn't even matter. Um, That's yeah. nutty, dude. Yeah, they got a, they got a shit ton of picks uh, from that, so they're loading up kind of like what Ottawa did. So I... And it's one of those things, right? Like, I totally uh, get what you're saying in terms of, like, draft picks and whatever. But in terms of, like, immediate um, yeah, impact, yeah, I feel like even even last night seeing Mantha snap that one top cheesy, um, that's why I, I think Washington uh, walked away yeah. with a pretty good return for uh, that, even if they had to give up a decent amount. But we will see. Time will tell. Um, yep. Yeah. So. Yes, it will. And but yeah. Yeah. Fucking shoot us a message on Twitter. Uh, yeah. Instagram even. Yeah. Let us know who your favorite move or what your favorite move was. Who you think won? Um, go off the board with us. Tell yeah. us. Uh, I don't know if Minnesota made any moves, but tell us they made a move. Yes. And you like that? <laughs> yeah. Um, exactly. Like throw it out there. Um, yeah. If, yeah. Yeah. We we recently have have uh, really really tried to uh, you know make a push for you know what and especially on Twitter we need to we need to start. I, I I gotta say it more throughout the episode to remind people because I always forget. But guys, <laughs> you gotta go follow us on Twitter at the Pond Pod, and uh, and then on Instagram at uh, the Pond Hockey Pod. Um, we are tweeting a bunch, and we love interacting with you guys as we as we've said in the past. So um, head on over there. It's literally one click away on your smartphone or uh, anything else, and and just uh, yeah, give us a quick follow. And you know what? Tweet at us telling anything yeah like mike said what was your favorite trade of the deadline um what trades did you wish you saw that you didn't and uh yeah so yeah if you're a st louis fan let us know how you feel because <laughs> oh, they didn't they're one of three teams that weren't involved in a single trade and uh they actually might not make the playoffs so yeah <laughs> I, they didn't do let anything like they did nothing yeah. so but, yeah all right, guys. Well, uh, thank you for uh, listening. If you've made it this far, um, it's been a good episode 40, a, a good post uh, trade deadline show. And uh, as always, we appreciate you a lot for listening and coming out to the pond. And um, next week, we'll be having Kurt back on the show. 
uh so it'll be good to to hear his voice once a motherfucking again but uh thanks a lot guys and uh yeah have a good week uh maybe get out golfing have have some brewskis and uh we'll catch you in the next one so uh thanks for listening and papa peace what up